We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It's the Bart Winkler Show on CBS Sports Radio. Need a place to talk sports? You've come to the right place. CBS Sports Radio. Live from Milwaukee, it's Bart Winkler. CBS Sports Radio, it is the Bart Winkler Show. I am, of course, uh, Bart Winkler. We have Bernie Williams joining us, the legendary Yankees outfielder, five-time All-Star, four-time World Series champion. He's got accomplishments now off the field that are as revered as a lot of the stuff that he did on the field, and he is joining us. I got to say, Bernie, for me, I'm in Milwaukee, um, so, you know, the Yankees weren't always my favorite team, but you were on an episode of Seinfeld, and you said Ramada in Milwaukee, so... I've always had an affinity towards you, so. <laughs> oh, man. That was my 15 seconds of fame <laughs> in, the, in the entertainment uh, uh, sitcom industry. It, it, yeah, it was, that was a great experience. And I always had a great time playing in, in Milwaukee. Uh, we, I remember playing Old County Stadium there. That was a sight, man, especially on the weekend games. Uh, we had... Uh, all the tailgaters and uh, the Bratwurst and uh, Harley Davidson guys coming into the uh, like the upper deck, and uh, it, it was it was something that I will never forget. Yeah, because uh, when the Yankees would play on, in your tenure, half of that was maybe the Brewers were in the American League, the other half was the National. That County Stadium, the outfield did not connect to the rest of the stadium, so the well, rest of the stadium was basically you know, families and people that want to watch a game. And then the outfield was a disaster. And then uh, you got to play in front of that. So uh, real nice to talk to you um, here today. Since, since you've played Bernie, um, there have been changes in the game. It's been something that uh, they've made a focus of either shortening the game or just trying to eliminate some of the, some of the strategic glove, you know, wrapping or the time between pitches and the, the mound visits. I'm still someone who's trying to get used to some of these rules. I don't know exactly what I like, what I don't like. I don't know if I like the extra innings. I don't, 
I don't I don't like that there's a clock in any way, shape, or form. And this is baseball. I don't I don't want to look up at a clock ever. Are there rules? Is there a rule maybe that you see now or a change to the game that you see now that you wish, oh, that would have been cool to play under those circumstances? Or then is there also maybe one that you're like, I'm glad I'm not playing in an era where where that's the case? Yeah, I mean, that, that's a very interesting question. I, I think that I'm kind of like with you. I think that one thing that I really loved about baseball being different from any other of the uh, you know major sports is that is the time, how you were able to utilize the time uh, in the game, and, and that way became sort of timeless. Uh, and it ended when it ended, you know. Uh, but I, I mean, I can understand how, you know, the society, you know, that we live, you know, nowadays, time, uh, the, the attention span is it's a lot shorter. Uh, I think, you know, they needed to make some changes. And I'd be quite honest, as a fan, yeah, I, I love to see a two and a half hour game <laughs> as a player playing the games. Uh, I, I wouldn't have been too happy with it because time was my friend uh, as, as a player. And I would call time out and I would step out of the box and I would like gather myself and I would get in the pitcher's head and uh, utilizing all of that, uh, you know, all those resources that time allow, allowed me to, to, you know, to use were just essential for my style of playing. Uh, and uh, that I would not be able to get away with any of that, you know, at this point. But uh, I'd love to see shorter games out the fans, no doubt about that. <laughs> so, all right. It's a little different, yeah, when you're on the field trying to, you know, make a life out of it, and then when you're watching TV or maybe going to a game. Is there anything that you that you wish that they did have when when you were a part of it? What, maybe pitchers batting, I miss that, or the extra inning rule, or anything like that that you're like, I, I wish that that was a part of my game expanded playoffs, perhaps. Yeah, I mean, the, I, I mean, I've, I've loved the uh, the uh, the ability to play teams in the in the in the National League. I've always loved that. You know, go to different cities from from a player standpoint. Uh, just uh, you know, I mean, interleague started you know really really kind of earlier in my career, uh, and. Uh, I always like that the fact that we, you know, even though it would take us maybe two or three years to get to a city, I always, you know, like the fact that we were able to see that city uh, and play games there and and and, and learn uh, and expand my, I don't know, my traveling, uh, you know, uh, horizon. Uh, with that said, I mean, there's a lot of things that you, you talk about the game uh, uh, created a situation with. Uh, uh, launch angles and that everybody trying to hit the ball out uh, that I think baseball sort of realized that at one point that we needed to get back to the nuance of the game, you know, the bunting, the hit and run, you know, the, uh, uh, you know, defense. Uh, and, and, and I think that's why it has come back to, you know, like maybe starting to enhance a little bit more of the running game, you know, like maybe the, getting the bases a little bit bigger and uh, uh, getting rid of the shift. Uh, and things like that. I mean, it's like everything, you know, we kind of evolve as people. I think, you know, priorities may not be the same as they were maybe a hundred years ago. Uh, People had a lot more time in their hands to do whatever they they wanted to do. So I think the game, it's it's a reflection of the society that we live in. And uh, I think it's good that we can make these changes. I I just, 
will advise, you know, a little bit, you know, try not to tinker with that too much so we lose the essence of what baseball is, you know. I don't want to see, you know, maybe 20 years from now playing a game that it, it faintly resembles what baseball <laughs> was about. So I will be cautious, you know, with that. But other than that, I think they're making changes that really reflect what people want to see and the way that they want to enjoy the game, and I'm, and I'm all for that. His number 51 has been retired, of course, by the New York Yankees. And when Bernie Williams, who's joining us here on the Bart Winkler Show, was with the club for World Series titles, uh, they, they won one after your tenure, and they haven't been able to really get back since. Is there something when you see the Yankees, of course, the outfield now, uh, Aaron Judge, Juan Soto added to it. Is there, and this is maybe bird's eye view, I, I don't know how uh, much you're there or, or talk to the guys or, or get to actually be involved in the, uh, that clubhouse, but is there something that tangibly you can see like, oh, we were able to get to the playoffs and then win World Series because me and my guys, we had this intangible or we had this level of skill that that is missing from this Yankees kind of version that's still they're in the playoffs all the time. They're, they're doing well. They just can't seem to get over that hump. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's, it'll be kind of unfair to try to compare both teams. I think, you know, we're playing in completely different eras. Uh, I think that when we played and that we started making that run, uh, nobody was really gunning for the Yankees, you know, you know, before that, you know, we went into, into the World Series in 96 being like heavy underdogs against one of the better, perhaps arguably one of the best rotations in the history of the game with the pods, I mean, with the Braves, with uh, uh, Maddox and Smoltz and Avery and Glavin and all those guys. Uh, and But then once we started winning, then, you know, the expectations started rising and, uh, you know, going into a run that, you know, we win three out of four. And then in 2009, uh, you win uh, one more, uh, it puts uh, a bullseye in, in the Yankees' back. And uh, other teams were trying to emulate and trying to copy, you know, the system that made us successful, you know, the spending the money, the growing the, the farm system, creating a core of players. And for these guys, it has become, I think, in my estimation, a, a little bit more difficult to win because now they cannot sneak in <laughs> by anybody. Everybody's expecting them to be, yeah. you know, the team that, that, you know, to win. And, and uh, I think it's a, li- a little bit harder for them. Uh, uh, you know, regardless, uh, they have been really close, like, uh, as you said, uh, to win that World Series. And uh, I think this year they have a really, really good opportunity because, uh, uh, you know, they, they have gone through the ups and downs. I think they maybe had a little bit of success at the beginning with Aaron Boone and, uh, knowing that they were so close to get to the World Series, you know, everybody kind of expected them to to go through the same sort of motion. And then to go from that to last year, not even be able to make the playoffs. I mean, they have gone through everything that uh, adversity has thrown out to them. And I think they're ready to, to overcome that, that, that hump. Uh, this year, it's probably as good as any year. Uh, you know, with Soto and, uh, you know, the pitching staff, you know, getting all the people coming through the pipeline, you know, like Dominguez and all those guys. Uh, future is very bright, and they still have the basis of a team that they can build, uh, you know, from uh, for years to come. And uh, I think they're, they're still going to be a contender. Uh, there's a lot of things that have to come into place when you win a World Series. A lot of these 
sort of a perfect storm of situations. But uh, it, you know, it kind of varies from year to year. But I think this year they have a really good chance. So Bernie Williams joining us. Uh, great insight on the Yankees, of course, from a legend of the team. And in your post-playing career, kind of put down the bat for the guitar, but you've got some shows up, a residency at Cafe Carlisle that's in the New York area, uh, the New York Philharmonic Spring Gala you'll be a part of. A big, um, you know, musician and a nice career and and some records and uh, a lot of achievements there. When you were playing, did you think a lot about what your post-playing career would look like? Did you think, like, because you had a bunch of interests, did you think music was the way you want to go? Or how much of that did you give your post-playing career? How much thought did you give to that when you were in the middle of these seasons? In the middle of the season, I put no thought into what my career was going to be in the future. Uh, they was all 100% baseball, and that's the only way that you could be successful. Like you could, I could not slip my mind and think about anything else other than what I had in front of my, uh, you know, in front of my eyes at that time, which was trying to make sure that we would get into the World Series and win every year, which was a pretty interesting set of uh, expectations for a team. But, I mean, we sort of set that precedent, and then everybody kind of expected it. So we were the ones that really were expecting it the most from ourselves. Uh, I think that uh, when I was, you know, towards the end of my career, uh, either writing on the wall and, uh, you know, uh, thinking a little bit of what would I do after, I think anything that I would do had to be related to music uh, because I understood the power of music and how it could be so valuable to use in, in so many things, you know, in my life, you know, I, I started playing guitar when I was eight years old. I went to a performing arts school and then playing baseball. I always had a guitar in my, in my locker room. And then after playing baseball, I uh, really pursue a, uh, you know, career and, you know, further, you know, like a higher education in music. So I understand how, how music could be of an impact uh, in, uh, you know, in many things, you know, and, uh, it kind of like leads me to what I'm doing right now with uh, Tune Into Lung Health, uh, which is, you know, uh, providing uh, music as a resource, you know, to deal with in- interstitial lung diseases, which is a really, really important thing that I'm doing right now. Yeah, so the 29th is Rare Disease Day, and uh, it's a good way to, to look at this. This is something that you created, Tune Into Lung Health, in honor of your father, um, and the the first thing that you said, I think, when uh, talking about music was the way that it connects, how powerful it can be. And you've sort of found that, right, with patients that are suffering from, you know, different uh, diseases or, or what have you. But music has been a real big, valuable resource in their recovery or in their um, process of going through the disease. And, and that's kind of what the 29th is all about for you. Yes, uh a rare disease day, and that's uh, really important to to shed a light and uh, to amplify these uh, voices, you know, on diseases that you, you know, they're called rare for a reason. Uh, and I think that uh, days like uh, tomorrow, the 29th, is a day that you know we you know take a pause, you know, from everything that we do in in our lives and uh, and pay attention to all these uh, uh, things that are you know not common and uh, shed a light uh, on them. Uh, so we can find ways to to make life better for people that are suffering from these diseases, and uh, I think that's you know that's what it's all about. 
You can check out more with Bernie Williams and everything he's doing. Again, tune into Lung Health. Uh, there's a website you can check out, lungsandyou.com. Uh, it'll help take you there. Also, berniewilliams51.com. Uh, really appreciate your time today, Bernie. Um, I, I, I don't know if you've known this yet, but if you ever do get back to Milwaukee, there's no longer a Ramada Hotel. I don't know if uh, if that was George Costanza's doing or not, but there's no longer a Ramada in Milwaukee. I well, I understood that, but that was, that was some of the best times in my career. So uh, I am glad to mention that line. It it put me on the spotlight, you know, for about five minutes, you know, in Seinfeld. So I was glad to to go through that. Yet it's the first thing I thought of thirty years later when talking to you. So it's got some staying power. Um, it certainly does. Bernie, thank you so much. Great to talk to you and be well. Oh, thank you. You as well. But thank you so much for having me. Bernie Williams, Yankees great, doing a lot of great things now in his post-playing career. All right. Shep, I put out the challenge a couple weeks ago. I said, hey, give me, I don't know, Bernie Williams. And you did it. So who's next? Well, you I want knew, yeah, everybody I mean, else from Seinfeld. Yeah, I mean, you knew, listen, you knew that I had him, so you made <laughs> me look good. So I appreciate that. Now, if, if, we're, if we really want to do a Seinfeld thing, I'll, I'll tell you this. Every month... I'll get you someone new from Seinfeld. How about that? Uh, are we sticking to Seinfeld sports figures? Because no, then obviously Keith no. Hernandez. Right. You're just going to give me straight up people from Seinfeld? Yeah, that's going to be that's going to be the Bart Winkler guest list for like your whole career. CBS Sports Radio. It's just going to be Seinfeld guests. No, that's not going <laughs> to that's not going to work. It'd be pretty funny though. It's not going to work. Those guys are booked up. They're doing uh, they're throwing out the first pitch at minor league baseball games. Ah. They're doing, um, you know, signings at liquor stores on the weekends. We we just we just I don't think that we're high on the pecking order of. No, but there, um, I mean, you're a national show. I mean, I mean, there are Seinfeld transcends sports, and if you like sports, you like like Seinfeld and 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 sports go together. Friends and sports never went together. Like if you like everyone loves Raymond, you don't typically like sports. If you like Frazier, you don't typically like sports. Seinfeld. And rooting for the Mets and the Yankees, that goes together because sports was so much a part of what Seinfeld did. That's not really the case for Friends. Like, the most sports they did was, like, when they played a Thanksgiving football game and they realized, like, you know, Lisa Kudrow was actually good at football. Like, that's the only thing I can think sports-related when it comes to that show. Seinfeld was all about sports references and Superman, might I add. Well, Everybody Loves Raymond was about sports. He was a sports writer. And they spent a lot of plots on that in the first season, and then they like shifted. pretended that he didn't have a job. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, they they definitely they shifted just, it, and it became about you know. There were scenes Marie. in the first year where he was like in the basement writing, and I got yeah. the. It was a he was in the locker room, and then they're just like, "Now nah, we're just going to focus on your parents living across the street." Right. Hey, let's be honest. Tuesdays with Maurice had more sports references than uh, Everybody Loves Raymond. Yeah, pos- yeah, that 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 makes sense. Underrated movie, by the way. I've never seen it. Never will. Okay. Well, you got. I mean, in all fair, in seriousness, you got to you got to see that movie when you get a chance. It is a very profound, a very profound storytelling, provocative film. Uh, is there a superhero in it? Uh, I, I think I think Hank Azaria is the closest this thing to that. Can he fly? Does he wear a cape? The guy's in The Simpsons for thirty four years. Shouldn't that be enough? I only like movies with Infinity Stones or um, the Cree. Okay. Big Marvel, big Marvel guy. I mean, eight five five two one two four two two seven eight five five two one two four CBS. We'll talk more with you. Busy day of football 
And, uh, you know, one guy that we do give a lot of accolades to as a sports writer, Peter King, he gave, uh, you know, he's, he did the, I'm good, I'm leaving, goodbye. And it's like, whoa, that was crazy. But now he's doing like 900 interviews, which is fine. But there was one question he was asked about the NFL, and it's something that I talk about a lot, thinking what could take this big boy down? And Peter King's worried about two things specifically. One, which I think uh, is getting out of control, and it's something that I help contribute to uh, more than my wife would want me to admit. We'll talk about that coming up. CBS Sports Radio. It's the Bart Winkler Show on CBS Sports Radio. Jerry, just remember, it's not a lie if you believe it. Eric is in San Diego. What's up, Eric? What's going on, man? Hey, thanks for having me. I love the show. Listen every day while I'm driving at work. It's the Bart Winkler Show on CBS Sports Radio. Call in now at 855-212-4CBS. Great to be with you on what normally is the last day of February. It is a leap year. We get the extra day. It would make more sense. You may have seen that go around that if you had 13 months of 28 days, uh, how many for that? That would come out to if you had 13 months of 28 days, that'd be 364 days. And then every year you could have like a special bonus day and that would make more sense. Every day would be the same. Oh, what is it? The fourth? Oh, that's a, that'd be a Thursday every month. It's so much easier. But we have this system instead where some days are 30 and some are 31 and then February's 28, but sometimes it's 29. I don't know. I mean, you'd have to change birthdays. Oh, what a mess it would be. What a mess it would be. But it would make more sense. But sometimes that's why, like, sometimes they want to change street names. Sometimes they want to honor a sports figure and name a street after them. And the people petition against it that live on the street. Because then they have to change all their correspondence. They have to change their checks. And you're like, who still does correspondence and checks? The very people that would complain about that sort of thing. That's who. 855-212-4227. Peter King had some comments about the two things he think could threaten football from knocking it, kind of knocking it off of the perch that it's on now, being the dominant force that he is. I want to get into that either uh, very soon or in a little bit, but I also wanted to mention a couple of other things that are going on tonight in uh, sports. One of those being Caitlin Clark. She set another record. She had set the NCAA record for most points uh, in women's basketball. She now has set the complete collegiate record. There was a woman named Lynette Woodard. She had the major college women's basketball scoring record for the old AIAW. And uh, Caitlin Clark did break that tonight. She was a player with the Kansas Jayhawks, Woodard. And now Caitlin Clark has it amongst all of um, women's collegiate sports. So big night for her again. The uh, tournaments are 
right around the corner, so that should be very, very interesting. And then there was another story, and Eric in Texas is on the line, and that's, I see you call in, so I, I pivot a bit. What are you calling about, Eric? What's up? Hey, uh, thanks for having me. First, I just want to make a quick comment about Mr. Positive, you know. Uh, I have never watched a show, but I looked up the Real Housewives of uh, Salt Lake City, and <laughs> if he would do the same, if he would Google that, I think his obsession over Tay-Tay would end pretty quickly. <laughs> okay, all right, all right, all right. Oh, but I want to talk about, uh, what's his name, Flipkowski? Kyle Filipowski. Okay, I might not be able to say that. But uh, anyways, I want to put on my... Uh, defense lawyers hat for a moment and uh, give a case uh, for their court storming. Uh, I want to take you back to when that event happened and uh, the buzzer went off. Three of the Duke players were on the bench. The fourth one was running to the bench and almost there. Philip Kowski or whatever his name is, he's, he's walking so slow. It's almost like he's, it's not even like a normal human walk. He's like, he wants to smoke. So he's walking nice and slow, and I saw this with my own eyes. Nobody can tell me different. He stuck his leg out to try to trip a fan, and I, what, from what I saw, he missed. And then all I of a saw a leg. Blinking. I don't know what the intention was, but I did yeah. see a leg. I did see and a so leg. Sudden, so all of a sudden, he's limping off the court, and then uh, so uh, that happens. And then after the game, the coach says, "You know, hey, this has happened a handful of times." which to me is code for uh, this Duke team is average this year and it's probably going to happen again. <laughs> so so my conclusion is this. When I saw he had a game on Wednesday, if Vegas had the odds, if that man was going to play that game or not, I would have bet the house that he was going to play that game, and I was proven right. He played tonight, and you can you don't have to verbally agree with me, but shake, shake your head yes if, I, if you agree with me. But I don't know what you think about that generalization. I think that uh, it's garbage that he played tonight. I think I think Duke, I think Duke needs to relax, and I think everybody that tried to end court storming this week needs to relax too. It wasn't just a few uh, months ago where Duke stormed the football field against Clemson, and now Duke wants to end the program. Because one of their guys got hurt. Uh, Eric, thanks for the call. Uh, Kyle Filipowski should not have played tonight. Now, if he's healthy to play, he's healthy to play. Okay. And Duke, you know, they're competing. They beat Louisville. They beat him by 25 points. Uh, Game got over a little bit ago. If you're Duke and you go through all this, and if you're Kyle Filipowski and the way that you were carried off that court, and then there was a picture that was circulating where it looked like, I mean, he was like, ah, like the agony that this man felt. They never ran tests. He just said he was a little sore. He was never in doubt in playing this game. I think like this is, you know, one of the reasons in a long line of history why people don't like Duke. This was the most Duke thing ever. This was the most Duke thing ever. Lose a game that you should have won. Was Wake Forest favorite? Who cares? Duke still should have won. They had the court storm on them. Win the game. Win a game, I'm saying, that you should have won. Should have done that. Don't win the game. 
have your star player then get in an altercation, which, again, you can look at the video, and if you come into it thinking, oh, no, court storming bad, these people went out to assault my guy, you'll see that. You'll see a push. If you come into the video thinking, no, Filipowski was looking for it, you'll see a leg get extended, and uh, you'll both, you and whoever you're arguing against, will both see the same thing. Nobody's mind will change. All right. Then the whole college basketball world is trying to eradicate court storming that day. Also, this is a perfect storm. This Because ha- this happened on a Saturday. It was still a story by Monday. You know why it was still a story by Monday? What else happened last weekend? Anything? Like, there were sports and there were games, but what is the juicy, sink-your-teeth-in topic on a Monday morning when everybody is looking for talking heads? The NBA All-Star game was a week before, so had this happened the weekend of that, no, we wouldn't be talking about that because... We got to fix this all-star game. It's, we're so offended that these guys uh, scored 200 points. Any other weekend of this college basketball season was football. There'd be football games to talk about, playoffs, the Sunday night game, you know, maybe a big game, whatever happened. This, this happened at the perfect weekend for the take quake to move its plates and really shake up the league. So we're all talking about banning court storming. And so, you know, Jay Billis, big Duke guy, he's at the forefront of it. And so I just feel like, and we're glad he's fine. We're, we're glad he's fine. You don't want to see major injury. I'm just, I'm saying that if, if you're Duke and you go through all this and you're Kyle Filipowski, like, I'll come to the game on Wednesday, but you are, you're putting me in a wheelchair and you're carting me out there and you're putting me in a cast or a brace or something I don't need, but you need to put up for appearances. Paul Pierce once did this just because he pooped his pants and was so embarrassed he came back out like that. Kyle Filipowski and Duke should have done the same thing, but instead he plays. He goes 9-10-6. and six. They win. And it just further gives ammo to people who think Duke is the villain. And I suppose that I have revealed myself as one of them. You're you're damn right I'm the villain. Or they're the villain. This team in 2015 played the Wisconsin Badgers in the only national championship they will ever get to again. And the ball did go off Justice Winslow's fingers. And the Badgers should have won. So, yeah. Yeah. I do have a bias. Isn't Bo Ryan up for the Hall of Fame? What does that have to do with that? Well, I mean, just trying to sprinkle some good news on uh, your otherwise depressing uh, state of Milwaukee sports dance. Uh, but he can go to the, he can go to nineteen <laughs> Hall of Fames. They ain't gonna give me that. They ain't gonna give me that callback. Jeff. Well, if it, listen, if it, if it's worth anything, you did take out an undefeated Kentucky team. I mean, that was a, that was one of the most impressive victories I've ever seen. Yeah, but for what? You, lose. you stopped. You stopped history. I mean, if 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 Kentucky okay. now the last remaining undefeated team, nineteen seventy five, Indiana. Yeah, but that's a that's a. That, Does it mean I anything? just feel like uh, no, because okay. I feel like that's like a loser kind of thing to do. A loser thing to do is look at a win 
instead of a loss that you should have had a win. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Like my Packers, my Packers. Should I be like, oh, we stopped the Dallas Cowboys? Nah, I don't care about that. That's their problem. Bart, we lost. What, Bart, can you can you tell? And this is just, can you tell me who won the 1988 NCAA championship in men's basketball? It's tough, right? I'm going to go with UCLA. That's tough. Close. Uh, Danny Manning and the Miracles, right? But here's the point. I guarantee you, I guarantee you, if I ask you, who was the team that broke the undefeated mark of UCLA all those years when they didn't lose for like four or five straight years, you know who that team is. It's Notre Dame. Now, Notre Dame hasn't won anything in basketball, but we all remember that victory a lot more than we do most NCAA championships. Victories matter, even if they're not in the championship. That's my point. Uh, positive marks to you because I didn't know, but you said it before. I could say I didn't know. Very well done. <laughs> well, thank See? you. I, I, you I, tell I, me I know something. I clearly don't. I, I, it was 50-50 that you knew it, and if you didn't, it's not fair because I totally threw you for an, for a loop there. So I wanted to make sure that I filled in the blank. If, no, if, no, no. I yeah. should know. I am on a sports radio station. Therefore, I need to know everything, single thing that happens in sports. That's I true. I understand that burden. I take that on. Right. But I wouldn't have known that off the top of my head. But I'm. But I'm. I mean, you got. But you got to give that. I, hey, hey. But you don't know who won Atlanta last weekend, and I do. What you mean, Atlanta? Atlanta? What? The race. No, no, I couldn't. T- what is that? Is that Indy? What is that? NASCAR Indy Five Hundred? What is that? Yeah, NASCAR. See, but I don't. But Daniel see, Suarez. But see, huh? Bart. But, hey, take but, that, take that. Right, but Bart, four left turns in the course of a mile or half a mile, however amount the distance is, that's not a sport. That's just tr- watching people drive. That's not That's not sports. Well, I watched it, and I thought it was great. That's great. One of the best finishes you ever see. Yeah. You know what finishes I like watching? People that run. Don't and actually answer do- that. Whoa, 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 whoa. What? <laughs> Let's keep this thing PG here, all right? Wait, what did I say? Now you're off the rails. What did I say? What did I say? Bring I said, you know what I what did I, say? I said? I, I said, you know, yeah, what, you know what I like to see finishing? And then I said, oh, it's even worse. It's <laughs> even worse. How is, no, 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 no. Just because your mind's in certain places doesn't mean I'm not organic and genuine in what I'm saying about sprinting. Like, that's, that's what I was implying and inferring. Why would I make this anything but a PG-rated show? Especially when you talk about how much your four-year-old son means to you every night. What the hell does that have to do with it? Well, you're a dad first like and foremost. Other, Marco's a dad like of three. Marco's a dad of three. I thought it was two. I thought it was two for the longest time. Marco's a dad of three. You're a dad as well. I'm not going to make this anything but PG rated. I wouldn't take it there. That's where you guys' minds are, not mine. Hey, I recently got a long Facebook message from a listener that I've never met that scolded me for saying um, the story that I said that me and my son say the F word when we're alone. Do you want to hear something <laughs> crazy, Bart? I get Facebook messages every week, and and, and like, and it'll be something I said like six months ago, and yeah. it will be calling me the worst human being in the history of civilization. That I'm mm-hmm. absolutely moronic for thinking that I can bring up anything outside of sports. Like people come at you, man. On a, on a very unrelated thing, yeah. I have about thirty burner Facebook accounts. <laughs> Are we friends on Facebook, by the way? I don't know. That's a shame. <laughs> Okay. Marco, I don't think, has Facebook. No. All right. Yeah, There's a reason. He's smart. David Shepard. Should be friends on Facebook if we're not. We are friends. Oh, good. There we go. We are friends. You don't post a lot on Facebook because I, I, I can't recall anything. I don't you... post ever on Facebook. Okay. So why have it then? So that if people hear me on the radio and they're like, I'm going to look that up and say that guy's a bad parent. 
that they have the vehicle to do so. So you have it to take unnecessary abuse that's completely inappropriate about your parenting, and that's why you have a Facebook account? I have it to look at girls from college, Shep, okay? <laughs> okay. Do I have to spell it out? God. By, right. the way, sorry, by the way, for the record, girls that you went to college with, not girls in college today, just so we're clear. Right? I didn't make that determination. Okay. That, gotcha. You said it. All right. <laughs> girls that you went to college with that are now your age. Glad we got that on the record. It's the Bart Winkler Show on CBS Sports Radio. Listening to the Bart Winkler Show on CBS Sports Radio. CBS Sports Radio. I am Bart Winkler. David Shepard's here. You've got Marco Belletti on the updates. You can be a part of the program. 855-212-4227. That is 855-212-4CBS. Uh, social media, either Bart Winkler or if some other Bart Winkler somehow took it. Uh, Bart Winkler show. Peter King has been doing a few interviews as he's retired. Longtime NFL writer. I think very revered. Uh, the Monday morning quarterback columns. I was always astounded with them because they were really good and they were incredibly long and they were out Monday morning at like coffee time after the games had just ended. So basically, he did the same thing we all did every Sunday. Enjoy, watch, you know, dissect the football. We go to bed. This guy stays up another five hours writing this column. And so that when we wake up, it's there. So his Sundays are going to be a lot different for sure. But he was asked, I believe by front office sports, he was asked, um, you've had a front row seat to a massive increase in the economic scale and power of the NFL. Where do you see that going in the future? And he said, there's two things that I think are boogeymen in the immediate future for the NFL. And this is something that I have talked about a bit. I use the the balloon analogy or reference. I say the NFL, you know, when you have a balloon, you put air into the balloon. You see how much air do I put into this balloon before it pops? Just a simple kind of uh, analogy like that. And it keeps expanding and expanding, and they add weeks, and they add cities, and they add countries, and they add continents, and everything seems to be going well for the NFL. There doesn't seem to be that kind of takeover. In fact, they found the way to get bigger this year. They found a whole new section of people that they could get this year. Teenage girls with the Taylor Swift. Uh, Happy accident, not conspiracy. He says head trauma is still a concern for him. A lot of things the NFL is doing now, the NFL was not doing 15 or 20 years ago. It's a game improver, but that is one. It's still something that uh, the NFL, I mean, there's a lot of contact with the head. And that's the nature of the sport. And they're trying to do the best they can, but that is something that he thinks is a boogeyman. The other one is gambling. He says, I believe right now the NFL is going to regret some of its decisions on gambling and sports betting. And at first I read this, I think this, I I go, all right, Peter. 
you know, old guard, been around the game a long time, doesn't want to see the gambling, not no part of the game. And I say, immediately, I'm like, come on, man, I love to make bets. I like say that in my head to the written answer that he gave however many days ago. But to his credit, the more he answers on it, I see it. He says, I believe that 10 years from now, we're going to have a huge number of people in this country who are hopelessly addicted to sports gambling. Uh, I don't think we need to wait that long. And part of the reason is that they're being told every five minutes on every NFL telecast, bet, 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 and then bet some more. He says, I just don't think it's healthy. I simply don't think that just because gambling is allowed and legal, you ought to embrace it to the point that the NFL is. I think they've gone way too overboard on it. So I, I think it, it's a lot better. Like the game, when ga- a lot of people gamble and they do it at their local bar or their bookie and it happens. And then guys like Al Michaels are always like, Oh, that's an important field goal to some. <laughs> okay. Al, we get it. He still does that even though it's legal. Like, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, there we're constantly inundated with bet on this bet on that. We see the signage. We see all of it. The NFL is trying to make sure that their players don't get caught up in it. But to the fans, I mean, there's a lot of bad stories that come out of gambling. And typically what will happen is, and I'm I'm somebody who throws money on things. I live in Wisconsin. We can't bet uh, on our phones. We can go down to one of the casinos and do it, but I can play like the daily fantasy sports, which is why, as I'm saying this, I'm locked in wondering why our Terrence Mann is and why the hell he's on the bench. But that is a different uh, subject. Yes, Plumley, out of bounds. I don't have him. Um, But there's a, you know, typically what happens is, have you ever heard of a gambler that has won and then stopped? What I said about uh, the Hunt family before and rich people. Rich people don't get rich by spending money. But gamblers, they get poor by spending money. They get poor by always you can there's never enough for a gambler. There's never enough. I've I've been at casinos where I'm up and then I'm I'm talking about I'm not, I'm not up when I leave. And then you do the ATM and you say and you say to the person at the ATM only machine that's paying out tonight, am I right? <laughs> yeah, I've never heard that one before. So Peter King thinks long-term head injuries are a problem. And then the amount, not just not, not gambling in of itself, but the amount that they have forced it. They've almost they've almost they've made non-gamblers gamblers. And the NFL, he thinks, is complicit in that. Interesting stuff. 855 855- 212-4227. I'm Bar Winkler, CBS Sports Radio. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 
Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 